Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Amen. Amen. Now, you might have heard the saying before that God's got a plan for your life, right? It's a little bit nebulous. What does that mean? But when we take a step back from ourselves, we can see that God's plan is to restore and redeem everyone in the earth. God's plan and the plan of His heart is so big that it reaches out to touch everybody. And who can believe with me that in this season that we're in, God's doing something different than He's done in a long time? Amen. And in this, in this season, I want to be um, believing to see what's local to us right here and right now in this hour. And I want to come and bring your attention to the passage of Scripture that we've started focusing on in the life of our church in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up there, or your iPads, or your iPhones, your eyelids. Open them up to the Word of God here. And we're going to set the scene right now. And the scene is this. It's a, it's a picture of a vision that the prophet is having in the heavenly realms. And he's being given a guided tour of the temple of God in the spiritual realm. And I really believe God's doing something wonderful and powerful in our lives today. And as we look at this passage, we can use it as a metaphor because out of the, out of the temple flows a river. And this river gets stronger and stronger and stronger as it goes out into the landscape that's around. And we can use this river as a metaphor for understanding how the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. See, God's given us the Scriptures to give us a supernatural understanding that we can try to fit into our natural mind, our, our brain that's tied into the ways of this world. God wants to say to us, I've got so much more for you to understand about how life can be than what you can find in a textbook. Amen? There's so much more to the power of God than what can be measured in a university laboratory or put together in a test tube. When we start dealing with the Spirit of the living God, we start to come into areas of, 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 of unlimited power that don't make sense in the natural world. And so as we go through this, I want to use this passage as a metaphor to understand how we can walk with the Holy Spirit in this day and in this hour. Because in a time where we're seeing revival break out in different pockets all across the world, we're starting to see and we're, we're inside of a Word of God to our church that's literally about the river of God. Amen? So there's a lot for us to learn here. And essentially, we've got this picture of the temple and it's facing out east. Our church doors kind of face out west. Well, this temple is facing east and it's facing in the direction of the rising sun. And out of the front of the temple comes this, this river and it, and it goes out from the river in the city of Jerusalem, and as it goes out, it continues out east. And we know in the land of Israel, out east of the temple in Jerusalem is the River Jordan, and it flows down into the Dead Sea. And this river, it, it takes shape in our lives for us to understand in many ways. But one of the amazing things for us to understand is that as it flows out of the place where we start off, it's very small and it's very narrow. And that might be an illustration of when you first came to church and you, you might have felt God moving. 
and then you gave your life to the Lord and then things got great and God started answering prayer and you started to go a little bit deeper and, and it started getting deeper again and the move of God in your life started getting deeper when he starts answering more and more amazing prayers. And we're gonna pick it up from verse three in Ezekiel chapter 47 and it says here, and when the man, so this is the angel who is giving the, the prophet the tour of the heavenly temple. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. And then the passage continues on right at the end of verse, uh, into the next verse in verse four. It goes up to his knees, then it goes up to his waist. And then we're gonna pick it up in verse five. Again, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not cross. The water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? And watch this, we see him going deeper and deeper and deeper into the presence of God. And sometimes we can think, am I an ankle deep Christian? Am I a knee deep Christian? Am I a, a hip deep, waist deep? Am I a swimming Christian? Well, curiously, have a look at what verse six says. Then he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? And then he brought me and returned me back to the riverbank. See, no matter how deep you've gone in God before, the first thing for us to understand is that the river keeps getting deeper, right? No matter how hard and how far we've pressed into the Spirit of God before, great miracles we may have seen or great provisions that God has done for us in a season past, God always says to us, there's more for me. But the, the crazy thing is, there's always this time, even if we've gone from ankle deep up to knee deep, what's gonna happen in that experience of life is we're gonna wake up on Monday morning and students, we're gonna to go to school again and mundane life is gonna come along and we're gonna be like, wow, church was awesome last night. I went knee deep, but here I am on Monday morning. Here I am on the bus on the way to school. Adults, we're driving on the M1, trying to get places and it's you know, not working how we might like it to be. But here, here's the thing. He brought me and he returned me to the river bank. So up, it's up to us to choose when we're gonna go back to the river. We might have the greatest experience ever before and have gone waist deep in the presence of God. And, and we might think, wow, that was a mountaintop experience for me. But it doesn't matter how great the seasons are that you've seen before or the, the great works of God that He has done in and through you. Never, never limit God to say, well, He did that before. That's the best I can ever see. And I'm just gonna have to settle for what's in front of me right now. Right, because God's always got something so much more. He's always got something so much greater. I was in a city in the United States doing a, uh, a week of revival meetings in uh, an African-American church. And I was, I was doing this ministry and it was the second night and I was really tired. I was away from home. I was about four weeks away from home, just, just on the road, just doing ministry after ministry after ministry. And the Lord gave me this vision at the beginning of the night about getting the children up to the front and asking them to close their eyes and see what God was saying to them. And so in the middle of the worship, I, uh, I got the kids up and I asked them to close their eyes and listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to them. And is there someone here that God wants to touch? How does God want to touch them? And they all started having these words of knowledge and they were the same thing about people with problems with their hips. And so when I was like, okay, let's start praying for the people with their hips. And all these people came forward for prayer. 
And as I was about to reach out my hand to start praying and, and laying hands, like the Bible says, the Lord says, now let the children do it. And see, my knowledge and my experience is that I've been booked to come and do the ministry. Like, come on. You know, this is, you know, my name's on the flyer or whatever. But now you got to listen to what the Lord's up to, you know. Be in the minute, be in the minute to, to hear what God's doing here and now. Thank God for the great things that He's done for us before. But see, the Spirit of the Lord, Pastor Anne was saying this this morning in her awesome message. And if you weren't here this morning, please look it up online. It was an incredible message for our church today. And, uh, and so anyway, this, this, uh, this little girl, this little girl, she's about 12. Her name was Joya. And I gave the mic to little Joya. And I said, come on, Joya, you can do this. Pray for these people. And, you know, African-Americans are interesting characters. When they start getting under the anointing of God, they start getting really animated. And little Joya starts going, you will be healed, like this. And she starts walking down the line and laying out all these adults. And then we're trying to catch them because, like, the catchers are there. And, and Joya sort of gets herself so worked up that she gets a blood nose. And she, and she freaks out at the front. And then she, like, like everything's, like, colourful. She, she, oh, she falls back into her chair and she's like, oh, oh, like this. And all the, all the mamas are there and they've got their handkerchiefs and they're, they're waving down Joya like this. And I'm like, how awesome was that to see God at work doing something so much more than, you know, Buffhead Bogan from the back end of Capella Bar could have organized. <laughs> Just because we've seen God do things before doesn't mean He's going to do it again now. Young people, you might have had great prayer meetings in your church, but I'm telling you, in your, I should say in your school, but the best prayer meetings are the ones yet to come. Amen. All those stories are great stories that people have heard and then the angel picked them up and put them back on the, on the riverbank. So I want to go deeper, amen. I want to find out what the Spirit of the Lord is doing. And what Pastor Ian was saying this morning was, uh, Jesus made this comment. He said to Nicodemus in John chapter three that the Spirit of the Lord is like wind. And then the people who are led by the Spirit of the Lord you know, you, you don't really know where they come from or where they're going. They're just led by what God tells them in the moment. And the people who are led by the Spirit of the Lord have people come up to them afterwards and say, hey, how did you organize that? Well, I didn't organize a thing. I just listened to what God had to say, amen? I just allowed Him to, to speak to me, and then I dare to believe in Him, amen? And that's all God's asking us to do. When Pastor Byron and Anne started the church 28 years ago, they just heard the burden of the Lord, didn't know how it was going to work out, but they just dared to believe in Him. And now look at all of us sitting underneath this great blessing because of their faith. That's a great picture of how one generation can affect the next. Think about all of the churches that can be started just from the people here. Maybe dozens of highway campuses, maybe missionaries being sent out just from the people who are here. Just by saying, okay, Lord, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Come with me, if you would, to John chapter 4, verse 13 and verse 14. Jesus says here, he's talking to the woman by the well, a woman who's dealing with ostracization because of her living situation. And Jesus dares to talk to her. Jesus dares to take up the moment and enter in and break the social norms. And he says to her, Whoever drinks of this water, because they're at a well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. See, this is a supernatural 
water that comes and lives within. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. And we've got to just allow ourselves to recognize, hey, I'm a, I'm a dispensary for the Spirit of God. I'm an outlet. I'm a tap for the Spirit of God to move through. And, and later, on, uh, later on in the week, a couple of nights later, I was back at this, uh, at this church. It's in the ghetto, like right just south of the airport. And it's, you guys have been there. And it's, it's, it's really full on. And their ministry, like they're doing God's work. They're, they're going out to find the homeless, and these homeless are often addicted to drugs in gangs, and the females are often selling themselves. They're finding them. They're restoring their lives, finding their significant other, putting the family back together and getting the kids out of child protective services and putting the family back together. Pretty amazing, right? And I'm just sitting there like, like they've asked me to come and preach and awesome. And, and um, the, the, the minister looked at me one night, and I was kind of getting ready to get up, and he goes, not just yet, not just yet. And there was this guy who was visiting the church, and he's a rapper, and the, the minister calls him up, and he gives him the mic, and he starts rapping and going off and going, like, really doing it. I couldn't do it for a million bucks, but, uh, but, but he's going off, and then I hear something that I never thought I'd hear in church. Now, for those of you who don't know this term, uh, the term is crunk, and it means crack drunk, okay? So we're in the ghetto, and sometimes when you're in the river, you hear things that you're not used to hearing. But you've got to realize it's not about you, it's about the people who are getting ministered to, right? And so this guy gets up and he's rapping and he gets into this call and answer piece inside of his rap and he goes, um, once he touched you, you'll never be the same. And the people come back, once he touched you, you'll never be the same. And he goes, get crunk in Jesus' name. And everyone's like, get crunk in Jesus' name. And I'm thinking to myself, what is, the, what is, what is he saying here? But for what it means to them in this little church, the place exploded. And the Spirit of God just moved so powerfully that night. I got up after old mate was singing about getting crunk in Jesus' name. And I just started praying for people. And the Spirit of the Lord was just moving around the place in power. And we can never, we can never, we can never manage the move of God. But we can recognize that He wants to take us deeper and I dare you, young people, I dare you to believe that out of your spirit, out of your soul, out of the depths of your hearts, is going to flow rivers of living water. You don't have to have the perfect water for every place in the world. You just have to be you because God's going to position you where you need to be. And the water that's in you is going to be fitting for the environment that God sends you to. If I had taken him to the next church that I preached in over in country Austin, Texas, old mate wouldn't have gone over too well. But right there and right then, the water that the people needed was in the servant. And too often, we look at ourselves and say, well, the water that I've got isn't right and it's not good enough and what have you. But you don't have to be, you don't have to be perfect for every situation. You've just got to be available, amen? I want to bring us on to the next part of the passage here in Ezekiel chapter 47 to verses 7 to 9 and it says when I returned there along the river bank were very many trees on on one side and the other and then he said so this is the the angel the waters flow toward the eastern region going down into the valley and it enters the sea and when it reaches the sea the waters are healed and it shall be that every Living thing 
that moves, wherever it goes, will live. This is the plan of God. You know, God's got a plan for your life. This is the plan of God to make every living thing that his water touches come to life. This sea that's out in the eastern regions of the city of Jerusalem, that sea is called the Dead Sea. It's literally dead because it's got a buildup of salt in it that, and minerals that can't allow life to live. And if you've got your scriptures, come with me now to Romans chapter 8. And I want to talk about an incredibly powerful understanding for us to, to look at. We've got here the Apostle Paul talking about um, how the Spirit of God is at work within us. And he says here, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. There is a leading of the Holy Spirit, which is unique and set apart just for you, my friends. Each and every one of us, the Holy Spirit has a plan for us and has a pathway for us. And he says here, for the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. And so the background of this story is essentially this, that, that in Adam and Eve, we were all present when Adam and Eve were in the garden because they had kids that had kids that had kids that got to us. Adam was given what was called federal headship of humanity. He was the, Adam and Eve were the, the, the boss pair. All of the authority that God had given to Adam and Eve to, to run and rule and, and have authority over the earth was in Adam and Eve. And then Adam and Eve had a, had a bit of a buffet moment one day. They were, they were tempted by the devil to believe what he had said, the devil sowed a seed of doubt about God's character into Adam and Eve. And what they chose to do was they chose to disobey God, the one commandment that God had given them to, to keep, they chose to disobey. And so this, this king, the, the devil of this dark kingdom, he's a thief. And Adam and Eve didn't realize that being inside of God's kingdom, God's a giving, benevolent, kind, loving freeing, releasing God. He wants to empower us. He wants to give us a hope and a future. But the devil doesn't come but to kill, steal and destroy, right? And so when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they stepped out of God's kingdom to some other place that they didn't know where they were going, but they just did this thing because they were deceived. They found themselves in the realm of this evil king, Satan, who stole the rulership of the heavens and the earth from them. He hates them and he wants to kill them. But thankfully, God, who is rich in mercy, came along in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 and prophesied over Adam and Eve that there was going to be a Savior that was going to come being born from their body who would restore Adam and Eve's future prospects out of the kingdom of darkness and back into the kingdom of light. And that future promised person was the man Jesus Christ. And so what we're seeing here is inside of Adam and Eve, when they stepped out, they got stained with sin. I was briefly talking about this this morning. Sin is the impulsion within us to go and do the things that we know we shouldn't do and to not do the things that we, in God that we know that we should. And that stain kind of pulls away at the heart of us to some degree nowadays. So when Paul wrote this passage here, he's talking about these two laws. One of them is the law of sin and death. That's a hangover from Adam and Eve. And the other one is a superior law that God has implemented now to break us free, to break every chain, amen? That's what God's planned for us. So he says here, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus 
who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, so that's, that's the law of the Holy Spirit, His freeing, releasing, empowering victory that He gives to us, that life of the Holy Spirit has made me free from the law of sin and death. Paul says in the book of, uh, Paul says just in the previous chapter in Romans chapter 7, he says, who will liberate me from this body of death? Talking about sin's effect on his life. And what he's talking about there is in the ancient world, if you were to murder somebody, they would get you and they would chain you to the body of the person that you had murdered. And that was what was called the body of death. And that was your death sentence, but it wasn't an easy death sentence. It was a pretty rough death sentence. And Paul is equating the work of sin at work in our lives to the cultural reference of the body of death, of of the chaining onto the murdered victim. And so what Paul is saying here, even though sin is kind of at work in our lives like a body of death, God has come with the victory of Jesus Christ and broken the chains of Satan and set us free, amen? That's what he's given for us. And so be prepared to be used as a life giver because everything that the river touches comes to life. I remember hearing a great story of a missionary in Papua New Guinea. His name was Cyril Westbrook. And we're going back about 60-odd years, 70-odd years perhaps, and the, our, our movement was doing some missionary work over there, Assemblies of God at the time, Australian Christian Churches now. And there was another group that were in town that were, you know, sharing the gospel with this, uh, with this community and that heard the gospel from one party and that heard the gospel from the Assemblies of God people. And this other party, the, the guy who was the leader of the mission, became incensed that someone else would dare be there talking about Jesus and helping the local community. And he went out into the public area and he found the missionary, Pastor Cyril, who was there leading the mission in that part of the nation. And he spoke to him and he raised his voice at him, which was very culturally inappropriate in their nation. And he started to scream at him at that point in time. And then he couldn't get a rise out of Pastor Cyril. And Pastor Cyril just humbly stood there and loved the man, and appreciated the man, and honored the man as a man of God, even though they disagreed. And this other guy got so incensed that he wound up and he slapped him across the face. And when he did that, the whole, you know, the whole village and the whole area was like, what was that? That night, the, the chief and all the elders came up to Pastor Cyril in his hut, and they all got down on their knees and said, we want to receive Jesus because we, we want to be the kinds of people that you are, amen? And so we never know what kind of challenges are going to come our way, but understand that walking with God in, in godly fashion, we're going to see Him at work in our lives in powerful ways. Now, come along with me now to Ezekiel chapter 47, verses uh, 10 to 11. It shall be that the fishermen will stand by it in Engedita and Egalaim, They will be places for the spreading of their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds of the fish of the great sea. So he's saying in the Dead Sea, there's going to be as many fish as there are out in the Great Sea, which is the Mediterranean Sea, which is only really a stone's throw away. And he says, they will be exceedingly many. And I want to say this, that the river of God, the Holy Spirit at work within us, 
when we just choose to throw caution to the wind, when troubles come our way, when difficulties come our way, when challenges come our way, and just say, you know what, the pressure and the worry and the, 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 the weight of what I'm carrying right now, I'm just going to throw that off and I'm going to get back into your presence, God, and I'm going to worship you. Even in the face of these things, I'm going to say, God, you're worthy. And I'm not going to sit here with the, with the spirit of heaviness. I'm going to put on that garment of praise and I'm just going to allow my praise to rise up. You know, you don't have a promise of what tomorrow is going to bring, but you do have today. Amen. And just because you've faced challenges in the past, it doesn't mean that they need to live with you today, amen? God's got great things for us. And when we do that, when we throw those things off, we come into a great victory in Jesus. The Bible says to us in Genesis chapter 2, talking about the beginning again, it says here the, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he planted, uh, sorry, and there he put the man who he had formed with the woman. And out of the ground, he made trees to grow that are very pleasant to the sight and good for food. And then he made two special trees. He made the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And most theologians would agree that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is like a tree of death. Because see, when, when problems come along and details come along that are difficult to understand, we can very easily look at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, or we can be judgmental between people or situations that have come along. And the more we dig into the problems that we find around us, the more we dig into personality issues or the more we dig into the, you know, the problems we might have in our finances or whatever, if we look in the earth, all we're going to find is earthly answers. Amen. And so the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if we go looking for knowledge of good and evil, the first thing that happens in our heart is we become judgmental. We become like, oh, I'm the arbiter of what's right. I know what's right. I know what's good and I know what's evil and I'm going to be on the good side. But we can't see that that spirit of judgmentalism is not what is, what is given here in the tree of life. When I think that people who are led by the tree of life and who are living by the river of God are ones who are just going to look at a circumstance and say, you know what? God can still move in this circumstance, amen? Going to be looking at the troubles that are there and saying, yes, God, but you're still involved here, right? God, this this challenge that are here. I've got sickness that's on my life. I've got debt that's on my life. But God, I'm going to invite you into here today. You know, I've still got breath in my lungs and I'm going to allow you to come in here. And when we do that, we see that the river has the power of supernatural transformation. Amen. I just want to bring us to uh, basically one more thought from, Je from Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 12. It says here, along the riverbank, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for their food. God's plan is to take you deeper than you've ever known in the river. But his plan is to also have you planted right there by the river. It's good to go into the river, but we've also got to allow the Lord to build our lives day by day. And the, the river, it supports many trees. And for the tree of your life, understand that God wants to be a part of everything. And so just inviting him in to be a part of this and that and the next area of your life is awesome. We're going to close here with Isaiah chapter 16. Uh, 61 and verses 1 to 3. And this is a passage that's prophetically speaking of Jesus. Thanks, team. It's prophetically speaking of Jesus coming. And this passage here is speaking about Jesus' ministry when He would come in the flesh and what His enduring ministry would be to us as His believers 
down through the centuries and through the generations and through the millenniums. And have a look at how releasing and empowering this Word is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. This is a picture of the ministry that actually sits on the inside of every single one of us. You might not be able to go over to someone who's bound in the bound up with issues in their lives and say to them, hey, you're bound and Jesus wants to set you free. Probably not a good idea. But we can bring those issues before the Lord in the heavens and pray for people. The power of prayer is so amazing. Goes on in verse two, it says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which is basically the forgiveness of all debts and the day of the vengeance of our God. Our God wants to use us, my friends, to draw from the river and go in and comfort those who mourn. It's so awesome seeing a handful of young people at the front here comforting one another. The one thing that's going to set the body of Christ apart, Jesus said this, from the rest of the world, is the love that we have for each other. The Apostle Paul said, when unbelievers come into your midst and see the love of God amongst you, they're going to fall to their knees and they're going to say, surely there is a God. That's what he said. I want to be a part of that work, amen? I want to be a part of that generation that's going to stand in the gap and pray and see the Spirit of the Lord bring those dead things that the world wants to offer us and say, oh, this is normal. This death is normal. These broken things, that's normal. And if you don't agree with it and if you don't believe in it, if you don't jump on the dead bandwagon, if you don't jump on the broken bandwagon and agree with us that these dead things are normal, well, then there's a problem with you. I want to be one who says, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray and believe to see the coming of my God in my generation. Amen. I was saying to Pastor Dan just before the service, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 that, um, you know, there's so many things happening and life is moving so quickly in the world at the moment. And there's so many new ideas being pushed out into the mindscape of humanity in the Western world. As a body of Christ, we can look at that and we can worry, oh no, there's problems, this is, there's bad things coming in. But we've got to remember, we are all made in the image of the Most High God. And people might want to rail against the image of the Most High God and say, well, I'm going to rebel against God. I'm going to do things my own way. Okay, well, if you want to rebel against God and be a real rebel, stop breathing. You can't separate yourself from the love of God. You can't separate yourself from the nature of God. If you want to separate yourself and rebel against God, tear out your heart and see how you go. We're all made in the image of God and we are all designed to walk in Him in righteousness. And the Bible says, even where sin abounds, we don't need to worry. Where sin starts to rise and get greater and greater, we don't need to worry. Because it says where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And I want to be a believer that says in our generation, Lord God, we are going to see you come and you move like never before. And I want to speak to you young people and other people in the house here today. And I want to ask you to just, really, I was amazed this morning when Pastor Anne was speaking because it was like all of the main points that she was making, I was kind of feeling like, okay, Holy Ghost, why did you give her the same message as me? 
But what she was saying this morning, I wanna open it up again tonight. Father, we wanna be the kinds of people who as you move, we've got space for you to move in our lives. Father, we wanna be the kinds of people that as you move and do great things, you're gonna fill our hearts and fill our lives and fill our spirits to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to pray for the sick, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to proclaim recovery of sight to those who are blind, to be the body of Christ that sees you moving in our generation in this day and in this hour. So Father, I pray for each and every one here that's underneath my eye, uh, underneath my voice right now. I pray, Lord God, that You would stir us and move us into the place that You have for us. I thank You, Father, that You're taking us all into deeper places than we've ever been before in Your river. And I wanna open up the altar for prayer in just a moment's time. If that's you and you, you feel the Spirit of God moving in your life, and maybe you've been a, an ankle-deep Christian and you wanna go deeper, maybe there's an issue in your life that you've been stuck on, and maybe being waist-deep Maybe just bringing that issue before the Lord and saying, Lord, take me deeper, take me, take me up to my shoulders, Lord God. Maybe this is your time right now for God to immerse you into a deeper place than you've been before. And maybe you might just find that as you start to let that water of the river rise across your life, some of those burdens and, and those weights start to just be lifted off, not by your power, but by the river itself by the moving of the Spirit of God around you. And I've asked the team to come and pray up the front here in just a moment's time with, with anyone and everyone who needs prayer. But I'm believing God's gonna move in here tonight. As I was preparing over the last couple of days, I believe we're gonna see the Lord move in healing. If you need healing in your body tonight, I was getting a really strong sense of, of sharp pain up in the top, in the, in, the, in the middle of the back. And I believe God's gonna do work in you tonight. I believe there's people here tonight You've had really sharp pains growing in your right hand knee. It's been coming and it's been getting worse and you've been worried about that. I believe God's gonna heal you up the front here tonight. So come on up. But before we do that, I just wanna ask you, each and every one of us here, if we could just bow our heads and close our eyes, give our neighbour just a moment of privacy. Hearing what's been happening in the atmosphere tonight with the worship and the preaching of the Word, might be one or two people who've come to the house of God searching. Then if you're searching, the answer is in Jesus. The answer is your Creator. It's not a formula. It's not a recipe. It's not a club to try to belong to. It's not the goody people who try to just be good. That's not what Christians are. Christians are people who have been touched by the everlasting God, who've had His holiness change our lives. I used to run a pub God touched me and transformed me. I used to see God get people healed and delivered from demonic influence while working at the pub, getting paid on pub time. God is real and He has power to transform your life. And He loves you and He wants so much better for your life than what your history has been. He wants you to know that He's known you since the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb. He's got a plan that spans the entire earth and He would love for you to be a part of that. He wants you to know that your best destiny is to walk with Him and know Him. His heart is so rich 
He comes and He heals the most deepest pains in our life. And if that's you tonight, you've got to understand that God wants to wash away your past as you ask Him to be your Lord and Saviour. And if that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand right now. And I want to pray for you. I see your hand at the back there. You can put that down. I see your hand at the back there. Is there anyone else you want to give your heart to Jesus here tonight? I see your hands at the front here. You guys are awesome. This is the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Is there anyone else you want to give your heart to the Lord right here and right now? Ask Him to forgive you from the stuff that you messed up with. You can put your hands down, girls. We're going to pray in just a second. I see your hand at the back. Is there anyone else? You've got half a dozen or so. You're worth waiting for if you want to slip up your hand. I'm going to pray a little prayer, phrase by phrase, in just a moment's time. And something amazing is going to happen. The Bible says that you become born again. Your life actually becomes new from the inside out, not from the outside in. Too many people are trying to change it from the outside in. Is there anyone else? I'm going to pray phrase by phrase. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to pray with me. Is that cool? Heavenly Father, I come in Jesus' name. And I surrender my life to You. I ask You to forgive me for my sin. And I thank You, God, that You've accepted me back to Yourself. Thank You that I'm now a child of God because of the work of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together, friends, and thank the Lord for what He's done here tonight. Now, you, you, you people who raised your hands, our good friend at the back there, Emmanuel and Pastor Steve, turn around and wave at them, everybody. The best looking blokes in the room. Right, Elizabeth? Yeah. <laughs> Go and see those guys. They'll help you on with what's coming next. But uh, if the band could take us away, we want to open up the front here for ministry. I really feel God's going to speak to different people tonight about different challenges. I feel like the Word of the, word of the Lord's going to move in prophecy as well. So thanks, guys, and come on forward. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.